Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, March 5th, 2018, episode 27. You know what that means, Nicholas? What does that we mean? Have, we have reached the halfway mark in our first year of production here at the Steelers Outpost. I love it. Let's crack something open. Here's to another uh, 20, 30, 40 Super Bowls, I mean, not just years. This is Tom at the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick's protecting the southern flank at the Houston Outpost. So the 2018 season's off and running in the form of the Combine in Indianapolis. Can't pronounce that. And the question is, who among the 300 will we be seeing in the black and gold later this year? First, we're going to be rolling rolling through news of the day, obviously about Le'Veon Bell. We'll also be talking about Kevin Colbert's press conference at the NFL Combine and his thoughts about who's draftable this year, where where the draft is deep, where it may be shallow, might be interesting because his, his views run somewhat counter to some things I've been hearing. Mm-hmm. But finally, we'll do our own in-depth analysis of uh, what the inside linebackers look like. Because if we haven't hammered that point home hard enough for you guys yet, we're going to draft about six of them in this upcoming draft. Maybe even seven. We don't even have that many picks. But we do have to um, support and uh, continue tradition and give you guys something new on the front as far as Bellwatch goes. So it came out today on pretty much every major news outlet from Ian Rappaport, the guy who lied about Ben wanting to be traded a couple years ago, but I digress. Uh, Looks like Le'Veon is going to be franchise tagged by the Steelers. I'd say tomorrow, but this podcast comes out on the deadline, so he's going to be franchise tagged today. And actually, as we record this, an article just came out with some quotes by Bell. He basically says, we're not coming to a number we both agree on. They're too low, or I guess they feel I'm too high. And he says that the Steelers, he feels they are looking at his deal, quote-unquote, through the prism of the value of like the market for a running back. And he still thinks he needs more money for the receiving exploits. So it, it's not looking good for a long-term deal, boys and girls. Well, we could have looked back 365 days and just peeled a page out of that script because it sounds exactly the same as we heard last year. When yeah. Paid like a number one running back and a number two wide receiver. Which I – listen, I know that we should just gloss through this because we know the the obvious answer is that he's going to get franchise tag. Nothing has changed – since last year in terms of his performance or how much available money the Steelers have, all the writing on the wall is that he's going to get franchise tagged. But I've been hoping they could reach a deal. He's been talking about it openly. 
and we I can't help it. I'm too emotionally involved. I wish I could just turn that off. Maybe it's the artist in me. Maybe Fuck it's up, the musician man. side. But I Fuck can't, up. man. There's there's three different ways to look at this. Okay, from one sense, he's a businessman. The NFL spits you out the instant you're not valuable. He talks about how the Steelers organized their contracts into basically one-year deals. So that's very smart for Le'Veon to know what he's up against because that is how the Steelers do their deals. Even Drum Betta said that on a podcast a couple weeks ago and on TV. Like, Le'Veon's got to realize this is how the Steelers do it. So he knows what he's up against, and he should be free to pursue that high-end money, whether he's worth it or not, or he deserves to be able to see if someone will pay for that for him. Now, and, and we've talked about it from the Steelers' standpoint, the dude is invaluable. Like, replacing his production is hypothetical. You can say, yeah, the running back – Running backs are easier to find now, um, but you just don't know if you're going to replace his production or not. And then, <laughs> counterintuitive to that, the Steelers have averaged the exact same amount of points per game when Le'Veon is on the field and then when he's off the field, which is 21 games. 21 games off the field, they still average 25.3 points a game, and there have been about eight starting running backs that have been drafted in the past two years. It's like, I don't know. I mean, number two receiver money, that's ridiculous. He's not he's not getting to 80 catches, running routes, and getting open all the time. He's catching a lot of dump offs. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's unbelievable. But if he wants 15 million, that's it can't be done. He'll get 15 million effectively through the franchise tag, and then we will worry about next year. Next year, I think something you mentioned. It's it's interesting that he knows what he's up against with the Steelers. He's been making a lot of he's been putting a lot of signals out there. I mean, this yes. thing about thinking. <laughs> It's saying that he's going to reach, he's hopeful to reach a long-term deal. None of the things he's saying or doing otherwise leads you to believe that he believes that. Well, listen, I got my tinfoil hat on here. Bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I just want you guys to know that you heard it first. If Le'Veon Bell makes good on his threat that he made after the Jaguars game or around the Jaguars game, I think it was before, if he makes good on his threat to retire if the Steelers franchise tag him, he's going to... He's going to go become a rapper. Watch. He just signed a deal at Capitol Records, which isn't the biggest deal in the world. Uh, no pun intended there. A lot of people sign record deals. But I think this guy, he's just out of the box enough to uh, to try and go for something like that. And he's putting up all these pictures. He's been putting out these cryptic, suggestive tweets like what this city has done for me. Man, Pittsburgh fans have shown me so much love. Shown? Past tense? What the hell is that? signing the deal with Capitol Records. Crazy how much this game has done for me. What do you mean done? It's still doing stuff for you. So maybe I'm just a psycho millennial, but I know the signs. And if he becomes a rapper, the odds, I'm going to put them at 40 to 1. But if that does happen, you heard it here first at the outpost. What are the long-term prospects for a a rapper financially? 15 mil a year? Guaranteed three years? Guaranteed, yeah, they get a lot of guaranteed money as long as he performs the concert, and he's, uh, you know, he's he'll be in the best shape of any rapper out there. I can tell you that much. Yeah, probably won't get hurt. It's definitely a lower risk to the body um, than what he currently does. So, in one way, you couldn't blame him. But what are you going to? Well, do? again, we could spend hours on this. I think uh, the point is, if the franchise tag is applied, the Steelers are going to have to make room, and we've talked about this before. Who are the people that, he, that were going to make room for him? Certainly we've been talking about Mike Mitchell, and I had assumed that J.J. Wilcox would be gone, but now I'm rethinking that position. That yeah, there's been Mike rumors Mitchell's that gone. they might rework 
Wilcox at a lower number and cut Bring Mitchell. Him down. Bring him down. Interesting. I mean, he wasn't terrible for the Steelers when he was on the field, but uh, just when he was I don't on know. special teams. Right. Yeah. He basically disappeared after he had the penalty fest for a couple weeks there. But those cuts are something that are going to have to happen if you're going to pay Le'Veon Bell $14.5 million, 14. million um, on the franchise tag because the long term would have enabled us to spread the deal out. You may have not had to cut as many guys, although I tend to think the guys who are going to get cut, the veterans who are getting cut coming up, that's probably happening either way because we've got to make some moves in free agency. But obviously, Willie Gay, DHB, Mike Mitchell, J.J. Wilcox, Robert Golden, and Cody Sensabaugh, they're all on the chopping block. So assuming March 6th is the day they put on the tag, we have until July 14th for them to get a long-term deal on. And let's agree, we're going to downplay this story unless something real happens. Yeah, this this was the, the big juncture where we would see something happen. And like I said, it, it's hard to argue with the production you get from other running backs out there. And I do think the Steelers would be successful if they're able to invest money elsewhere. But I do hope that they get one done with Le'Veon because the guy's a legend. Let's get him on the field. But they, they just got to find something more fair for both sides. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Franchise tag so, it is. So let's move on. Kevin Colbert holds a press conference at the Combine. Uh, succinct. Gave us some real information. Probably mm-hmm. not as much as we'd like, but uh, it was pretty clear on some of the things he laid out. He was. So the first things will get out of the way he did say he was optimistic on a Le'Veon Bell deal remember this was a week ago so I don't know where that went um, there were rumors of Martavis Bryant being on the trading block he shot those down with authority he swatted them Matumbo style NFL version he said there have been no talks to trade Martavis um, he basically insinuated that it was a media fabrication <laughs> he said just there were some reports from the media which I think caused other teams to call and inquire about Martavis, but we immediately said he's not for trade. Obviously, we think that's the right move. Great move. And he did say officially that Ryan Shazier will be out, um, not playing football on the field for 2018, but he will be with the team uh, all year long helping. So he, he assessed the depth of inside linebacker and safety as not deep. For the draft. A little, for the draft. Yeah, so he did give some thoughts on the draft. And historically, Kevin Colbert actually gives you some good information. Some of the some of the GMs and coaches around the league do during draft time, which is weird because we're so used to them speaking cryptically, um, not telling us anything during the season, which is understandable. But during the draft, he has kind of tipped his hand to the Steelers' picks the past few years. Um, this year is kind of surprising because despite popular opinion, he has said – said that inside linebacker basically isn't a super strong position. They got a couple impact guys, but not a lot of guys. So, I don't know. That I think that's got Steelers Nation's head turning around, thinking, wow, maybe they're not going to go inside linebacker or safety with that first pick, which would be almost inconceivable. But So, we'll get into that later when we start talking about the inside linebackers and what we think, if, and we'll basically determine if this is a old-fashioned smokescreen or if uh, he's, he's actually right. So let's move on to our, our next section. And Nick, I know that uh, I'm actually worried about your job because apparently you haven't been doing a lot of that because most of what you've been doing is watching video on, NFL, on the NFL.com Combine page. Well, I've been watching the page. Combine page. Also, YouTube is, is your best friend when you're trying to break down tape. If you just type in a player, a college player's name and a versus, a VS right after there, 
they'll usually have great cut-ups where you can see like every play from the you know Leighton Vander Esch game with Boise State versus Wyoming or whatever and it's a really great way to break down players and I'm thoroughly addicted so I got some good info for you guys and we're going to lay it out with some of these linebackers today I'm going to tell you who I think the Steelers are going to pick all right well speaking of Leighton Vander Esch from Boise State they of the blue field what did you see field so, yeah, let's, I'll, I'll, we'll start with Leighton because a lot of people have been mocking him to the Steelers, but I'll give you a quick list of the guys who are basically eligible for first round, maybe second round type guys. There's Leighton Vander Esch from Boise State. They have the blue field. You got Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech, who is an alien. Uh, he will probably not be available for the Steelers. You have Roquan Smith from the University of Georgia. He will definitely not be available. He's amazing. And then the last two guys you have are Rashawn Evans from a little school called Alabama. And then you got Fred Warner from BYU. So I'll give you guys a quick little blurb on each one of those. Remember, the Steelers need an inside linebacker. Uh, They just need anybody. Because frankly, Vince Williams, as much as we love him, he's not exactly a high-end starter either. But if you think about it, the best-case scenario would be to either – um, just pair Vince Williams with another linebacker or even replace Vince with a free agent guy, put Vince in a backup role, and then draft a, a linebacker. But we're looking for traits that are maybe similar to Ryan Shazier to do that role because that's the one that's been vacated. So we need speed, we need versatility, stuff like that. But we'll take what we can get, okay? So let's start with Layton, right? Quick thing on this guy. He is an athletic freak show unbelievable 6'4 255 he ran a 4'6 so for a reference you guys that's really fast like some receivers run 4'6 he's almost as fast as AB was at his combine time only thing about this guy is he's really raw he's a walk-on from Boise State and he was only a one-year starter and when I watch his tape it's super bland he does not dominate he doesn't do anything particularly well but I mean, the guy's only been starting for one year, and he annihilated the combine, so his tape, uh, he has a lot of potential. Think of him as Bud Dupree Part 2, almost the identical situation. Well, as they peel back the hitting in football, maybe his value becomes more apparent. Won't have to actually hit anybody or tackle. He can right. just run straight ahead, <laughs> right? north south. Well, he's not amazing at, at any of that, unfortunately, but... He, I mean, the guy obviously improved exponentially at Boise State to come from a walk-on to be a starter. And it's not like – yeah, he obviously was a good player. But just compared to some of these other guys that I looked at, he didn't jump off the tape. But if he was in the right hands, uh, he could really potentially become a huge beast because only a few guys on the planet are 6'4 and can run a 4'6. I just, yeah, as we I just don't know if those are Steelers' hands. <laughs> but as we pointed out in previous shows, that's, that's the Steelers salivate over that kind of athlete. They do. So, upside. Yep. And his a lot of his testing was very similar to TJ Watt, which is interesting. But he's not. He's also not from a Power Five school, so that he's. I don't remember what conference. They're like Conference USA or something for Boise State. But Steelers usually like guys from those big time schools. So he fits a lot of the Steelers draft profile. Um, so he's obviously he's obviously a candidate that everyone's looking at. He might not actually even be there by the time the Steelers pick because he tested so well, but I personally do not like that pick because 
almost none of these guys, the Steelers haven't been able to develop these guys, but he's definitely going to be on their radar. So let's move on to Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech. We'll just be quick with this one because it's pretty much consensus that he's not going to be there. But it's just good to get an idea of what you're stacked up against, what the talent looks like. And, hey, you never know when a guy slides. There was no way we were supposed to get David DeCastro. No way. And he slid all the way to us. And even Bud Dupree slid all the way to us. So you never know. Basically, here's what you need to know about Tremaine Edmonds. He is an alien man. He, too, is 6'4", but his arms are like 10 feet long. But he's... He's still thick. He doesn't look skinny. He just looks like a creative player from Madden. He's super fast and explosive, and um, he's just, again, another athletic beast, but just a little more refined and a little bit of a better player now than Vander Esch is. Um, some, But like we said, he's probably not going to fall to the Steelers. If I would say a negative about him is sometimes he just he guesses poorly and goes in the opposite direction of the play, a la Shazier, but he doesn't have that kind of speed. So um, it'd be great if he fell to the Steelers, but probably won't. Let's talk about another player we're not going to get, Roquan Smith from the University of Georgia. We just need to talk about him because people need to know the Bible of Roquan. This dude is amazing. Um, He's not playing the same game that the other linebackers play. Let's just keep this one short and sweet. He is pretty much a consensus as one of the best linebacking prospects to come out in probably, I mean, just as far as you can remember. He's just a fantastic Andrew Luck type of linebacker prospect. As Andrew Luck was considered a slam dunk for quarterbacks, this guy is a slam dunk for inside linebackers. He played in the national championship game and dominated against Alabama. And when I watched that tape of the national championship, you saw how much faster that game was than, than, you know, Boise State versus Wyoming or whatever. So for him to dominate on that level was even more amazing. Speaking of Alabama, Rashawn Evans. Okay, Rashawn Evans, number 32 from Alabama. This is my guy. This is who I am crossing my fingers that the Steelers get, this dude. He is basically a mini Roquan Smith. So what I wrote about Roquan was that he does everything well. He's fast. He crushes people. He diagnoses plays well. Well, that's basically what Rashawn does, just maybe at a slightly uh, not quite of as high of a level. Um, and he also played with a groin injury his entire, I don't know if he was a senior, but his entire last year here in college, he had a groin injury. So hopefully that actually ticks him down so that the Steelers can get him. That's why you might be wondering, well, why isn't he one of the big you know, top three guys? But he is great at diagnosing plays which he improved on because he apparently used to suck pretty bad at it, um, which is nice for us because <laughs> Ryan was hit or miss with that kind of stuff, but it'll be nice to have it. And he's just always around the ball. Besides Roquan Smith, out of all the linebackers I looked at, this guy was always around the ball. And every tape I watched, he was playing against a good team. And he is a great hitter. And the other thing that you need to watch for for Steelers linebackers is they need to be versatile. Keith Butler likes to have these guys play all over the place. Ryan Shazier blitzes off the edge a lot in the fourth quarters. This guy can do that. He can do everything. Um, The negatives on him, I guess, would just be he can still get better with the play diagnosing, and he's not huge or super fast like some of the other guys, but this is the guy. He's super well-rounded. He's dynamic. Let's hope we get Rashawn Evans. And finally, a guy that popped up on our radar screen, 
kind of a crowd favorite, at least my favorite, Fred Warner from BYU. Freddie. Freddie! It would just be good for us to have Frederico. a Freddie on the team. I want to be Frederico. Frederico. I'm here. I'm here for your women. <laughs> it's not quite Chidi Awuma, but... Who, by the way, I didn't realize that Chidi works for the Steelers. Or I Chidi forgot. Scout. Scout. Chidi and Mark Bruner. Great tight end right before we got Heath. The precursor to Heath. But we're here to talk about Freddie Warner from BYU. The Mormon. I don't, I don't think you have to be Mormon to go there, but there, there are a lot of Mormons it there. Helps. Yeah. So this guy has been talked about as a potential Steelers pick probably in the second round or so. He's not a first-round guy, but um, he is a 100% potential guy, sort of like the way we talked about Vander Esch, but even Vander Esch is more experienced and well-rounded than this guy. BYU played a weird defense. So this guy's an inside linebacker, but he played mostly outside of the outside linebacker, if that makes sense, like sort of in the slot and they basically just used him to funnel people to the inside, like uh, set the edge, basically, and sometimes cover some slot guys. So you didn't really get to see him play linebacker a lot. Apparently, he played well at the Senior Bowl. But um, when I was watching him, you could tell he's he's just a great athlete. He's very fast. He's very versatile. I'm sure the Steelers are going to love the fact that he can play on the edge. We mentioned that's a help. And, uh, yeah, you, you're not going to have to get him in the first round. So... If those other guys are gone and if you find a great safety in the first round or maybe another position that we might talk about in a future episode, this guy could be a cool, good option in the second, maybe even third round. But he's just an athlete. He's, he's a ball of clay that we pray the Steelers can mold well for once. Well, thank you for spending all those hours in your car at lunch sucking down the data from the skies to watch tape on these guys to bring this valuable content to our listeners. Hey, wait till the safety eval comes out next week, guys. You can look forward to that. So that wraps up what we see for inside linebackers from the, the draft. We're also going to do, as Nick said, we're going to do a segment on potential free agents for inside linebackers and yep. also drafting free agents for the safeties in upcoming episodes. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to you guys? Yeah, that sounds great, Nick. Cool. Well, there's a lot to look forward to in the next few weeks, but we'll stop here for now. Hey, we really appreciate you downloading the podcast, and we'd really like to hear from you. So hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the blog at SteelersOutpost.com or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at Gmail. So don't be a stranger. So we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, bye-bye. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. 
Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.